Welcome to the second episode of Season 4 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Paul Roberts. And I'm his wife, Carol. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I have been bringing special guests to you since the beginning of 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Throughout the month of September, we will be sharing parts of our interview with our good friend, Jessie Carraway, a young mother to two of our creative summer campers. Today, we will be focusing in on how Jessie uses her own creativity with social media to share stories about her family, especially her eight-year-old autistic daughter, Eliza. This is season four of the Dreams and Bones podcast, and here is episode two of our interview with Jessie Carraway. Tell me, who knows nothing about this, what do you do on social media? Explain that to me, is it? Because okay. I only know, like, maybe Facebook, and I don't even well, no, you, say that. Well, right. no, you know Instagram. Well, what, 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 are, <laughs> what is it that you... But you couldn't get to your, your page no. <laughs> What is it that you do? Um, so I just like to share little snippets of information that I think people might not know about autism, but also that really celebrate the essence of Eliza. So um, a lot of times I'll share things about like Eliza really likes proprioceptive input. Now that's not a term I had ever heard of, Mm -hmm. nothing I had ever known about until autism, um, but that she just likes a lot of deep pressure. She likes a Mm. lot of really like she'll say um she'll she'll come up and ask us all the time big hug big hug and she Mm. wants to be squeezed she likes to hang from things so that it'll pull her joints and stretch them Mm. um for her that's really regulating for her body if you saw eliza walking around you know at the park you would never know that about her that isn't something that you would ever see on the outside Mm -hmm. um but when you do know it and then you see her at the park and she's hanging or she's you know wanting to be squeezed really tight tight or Mm -hmm. she's saying these things so it kind of just opens up the conversation that autism is not a disability that you can see there isn't a look to autism and Mm -hmm. you hear that a lot Mm -hmm. and you'll see some of that in there are some really big accounts of moms that share their um, experience with autism and their autistic kids and you will see a little bit of the pushback of people saying well they don't look autistic and Mm. it's like well, what is autism? Yeah. I mean, yeah. what does it look like yeah. to you, you know? Because, and so so it's sort of this way to share, this is kind of what autism looks like to us. You know, mm-hmm. to us, it's yeah. Eliza trying to stand on a doorknob so she can hang from the door so she can get pressure. Mm-hmm. And it, for us, it's a problem solving then of how do we help her get that yeah. in a safe way? Right. Yeah. Um, right. So, so much of right. it is just sharing little pieces of our our day-to-day life. Recently, I was shared something about how Eliza scripts, which means she will, there's two types of echolalia, immediate echolalia. When you're developing speech and someone says, say thank you, and the child says thank you right after, Mm -hmm. you're immediately echoing what they've said. 
Um, but if a child watches, like Eliza likes to watch Mickey Mouse, if she watches an episode of Mickey Mouse and hears a dialogue of characters, mm-hmm. she could watch that let's say a month ago, and then all of a sudden she might start scripting hmm. several sentences from that show. And mm-hmm. she'll do it to for multiple reasons, maybe to regulate herself. It, it can be a stimming behavior, so self-stimulatory mm-hmm. behavior. It could be just because she is trying to memorize the script. It could be a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. But I had shared something about that, and, and in the comments there were so many either autistic adults themselves or people that said that their autistic child did that and they didn't know the name for it. Oh, and it was like, yeah. oh, I, you know, I've been trying to yeah. describe this to his speech therapist and now we can put a name right. to it. And it's like, well, I wasn't really putting it out there right. To, right. to say, you know, to define it. I was just trying to say, here's kind of an example of yeah. what it what it looks like in our household. Yeah. And it was really neat to hear other people say, I've done this my whole life and I had no idea that's mm-hmm. what I was doing, that mm-hmm. I it was a stimming behavior or, you know, mm-hmm. regulating behavior. So it's just, it's fascinating. There's been yeah. a lot of that. And, and that's the thing I want so much for the world to know about autism and to learn all the things that I have learned. But at the same time, it is such a creative outlet to just sort of put Eliza's magic, which is what I like to call Mm -hmm. it, um, out into the world, you know, and really just share that little piece of it. But then to have people come back and and really resonate with it has just been so meaningful and just really helpful for me, too, because Mm -hmm. I've learned so much Mm -hmm. from it. You know, one of the things that I, um, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, and your mom had shared a video with me of Thayer naming all the countries on a map. Mm. And not too long after that, you shared a video of Eliza making this connection of co- the colors on a map that she'd seen, what, weeks yeah. ab- before, yeah. and she was asking for these colors, and then she was coloring in the states, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Just yeah. to, And the, to me, though, the cool thing is that uh, you as a parent are recognizing these things, too. Mm-hmm. That's what I love. That's what I love about what you're sharing is, oh, you are seeing this stuff. And I think that's so neat. And and I would assume, too, that that encourages other parents to say, oh, you know, to maybe even say, oh, I need to start looking for things, you know, and making that connection of stuff. Because right. it is. It's so cool to just and like even you talking about the hugging and stuff, because I think a lot of times we think, oh, autistic kids don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. You know, when we had our right. camp and the high fives, I mean, it's like, oh, wow, high fives. She loves high fives. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think so, you know, we've always heard of the sensory thing and, oh, they don't want to be touched. You know, so it was kind of cool to, oh, she wants the high five. Yeah. And, and then when you say about the hugging, that's really, that's really neat. Yeah. And again, everyone's different. Right. Everyone, yeah. Right. That's so much of autism, though, is this... Um, and I think we do it with typically developing kids as well. We stereotype right, right. what they, what sure. we think, you know, oh, they're shy. They're not going to want to do this. Or, oh, mm-hmm. they're really outgoing. They're going to be bored with this. Or right. So we do that naturally. But with autism, when you really break down, you know, the different characteristics that make someone who they are, it is those things where it's we all just want control. We all want autonomy of our mm-hmm. own body. We all want to know what... Our comfort level is in a space. And so, so much of it is teaching, you know, helping Eliza to communicate that, to say, just like every other person, she may not want to hug 
Okay. Out of the blue, right? When she requests it, and yeah. then to and then to really know that it's a need, yeah. you know. And same with like the high five, where it's like it really took us a while to figure out. Sure, we could teach Eliza to respond, you know, this rote response of hi when someone else says it. We could stop her and say, Eliza, say hi back, say hi back. But but what do we get from that? And is that truly her form of communication? Right. And so when yeah. you realize the high five thing, it's like. This is go- this is it. This yeah. is her way of interacting. And we can really, you know, it can come from both sides. Mm-hmm. She can request it. Someone else can yeah. request yeah. it. So it really, you know, just takes a little bit of digging. But then the more I break that down, the more I'm like, that's how it is with every kid. You right. know, you really, yeah. it's really it when is. you want to honor someone's individualism, when you want to honor who they are. Um, it is all about just doing the the detective work to figure mm-hmm. out who they are. Because right. right. there are people right. all around us that, yeah, love hugs, don't love hugs, mm-hmm. are oh, really yes. loud or really quiet. You know, <laughs> right. all those things that make them who they are. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's just uh-huh. makes her who she is. Right. High-fiving is her greeting, and mm-hmm. we're, we're going to go with that. Yeah. 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 starting or currently working on a creative project but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track? This is what Grow Me A Story is all about. Paul and Carol Wollum Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.growmeastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. Clearly, Eliza is creative. Give us some of the ways that you see her showing her creativity. So... You hit the nail on the head. She is very, very creative. Um, And I think a lot of that comes from how she views the world, how Mm -hmm. she sees the world and notices things that we do not. Um, And it's interesting to me because Eliza is very fast paced. She's always moving. She can run fast. She can do things fast. She's very coordinated. But she knows how to savor the world around her. And that's the thing that I think we've really noticed the most And an example would be um, recently we noticed we have a keyboard piano at home Mm -hmm. that has some of those preset songs on it. And she likes to go and start one of those and she'll kind of click through them and she'll listen. And she had found this song that she really liked. And so throughout the day, you know, for several weeks, we'd hear her clicking on that song. And it was just kind of like, oh, she really likes the tune of it. (laughs) Cool. She found this song. She loves it. We, you know, great. Um, But then we started to notice that she was taking a tablet over there and playing a a Mickey Mouse show Hmm. and but she was stopping it and playing it. And then we realized she was stopping and playing and then pressing the the pre-recorded song on the keyboard. And as we watched, we realized she was syncing the way the characters on the show were moving to the beat of the song. Wow. And it was just, you know, you you get a glimpse of those things and it almost takes your breath away because mm-hmm. you're just like, I can't think of a time in my life where I've slowed down enough to be able to creatively <laughs> connect to things like that, yeah. to mm-hmm. think, 
you know, and in those moments, I, I wish so much I could ask her about the process. I wish so much I could say, so did you remember that episode and you knew it would go with that song? Was it just by chance? Was it just, did you just, you just kind of knew, right? Were you (laughs) just, were you just playing around with it? Did you see it? Has this been weeks in the making or was it coincidence? Um, But now we're sort of connecting some of those things where we see she's, she is, she hears music in a different way, I believe, than most of us do. Um, and when you read into, when you do a little more research on autism and sound and auditory things, mm-hmm. um, there's some different things there about how they can hear pitch or how they mm-hmm. can hear different sounds. So mm-hmm. like, you know, right now we're in this quiet room, but if Eliza was here, she might be able to hear a car backing up it, you know, that mm-hmm. none of us are ever aware of, mm-hmm. but that could be the loudest sound in her brain at the moment. Mm. Um, and so it's interesting. And I have to remind myself of that a lot, that she is hearing and experiencing things that I probably will never mm. hear or experience in my yeah. life. But when you get those glimpses of how she connects that in the real world, when she's singing music like that, when yeah. she's doing things where you're like, you could be editing, you know, music Mm. videos and you Mm. could be, you know, you see the potential of this and it's like, there's so much there that's missed. And I really think creativity in the autism world is overlooked 90% of the time. Mm. And, and we miss so much of people's gifts because we aren't willing to slow down and really see how Mm -hmm. they experience the world. Um, And there's countless stories, you know, of, of, autistic people doing incredible things and it's you know if we just were able to pause and celebrate that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would make the world so much richer you know and so that's kind of you know when you think about sharing things on social media and that that's part of it it isn't really a look what my kid can do it's Mm -hmm. a you know look what we could be missing from the autistic world Mm -hmm. and and when we celebrate it and we put it out there and expose that you know so everyone can experience it Mm -hmm. maybe more of us will notice it and Mm -hmm. then we'll have a greater appreciation in it yeah and I love you you know when you talk about the that she's you know has a slower pace and kind of part of what we do it's almost like teaching the kids that (laughs) to slow down and you know and to really look at things and appreciate and appreciate it yeah and uh, and too and yeah and to look at you know, why are you doing it this way? Or why? And, you know, I think of a couple of the kids that I've known, a kid named Mikey, who was a fantastic artist mm-hmm. and would draw the time. And they really, and I felt like his teachers and the people that work with him really did uh, encourage that yeah. and, and let him draw. And we had this other kid, Kayan, who from, mm-hmm. we knew him from real little, you know, when he was like in our Sunday school class and you know, and he would come in and he would, you know, he could recite like Disney movie, uh-huh. you know, that script uh-huh. kind of thing uh-huh. yeah. and or any kind of movies. He just loved that. And then and now as an adult, he's gosh, what, in his early 20s yeah. and he makes movies. I mean, yeah. at one point he decided this is what I want to do. And and, you know, kind of as a little hobby, he go he makes these movies and has had people work with him to help him with that. And it's just and it was so, you know, he was in Paul's drama class and, mm-hmm. and yeah, just so fun to see a lot of that and see when you plug kids in like that who maybe with a drama mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you see this whole different side of them yeah. or things that they're able to do. And yeah, it is. It's really, it's cool. 
you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, any thoughts on today's episode? Well, Carol, it's easy for you as a tech-savvy person to find Jesse online. But for some of our listeners who are more technologically challenged like me, uh, can you tell us the easiest way to follow some of Jesse and Eliza's posts? Well, I think she does the most on Instagram. And if you go to Instagram and put in Jesse Caraway, which is J-E-S-S-I-E-C-A-R-A-W-A-Y, and she should come up. Um, she's also on Facebook. And so those are a couple of the ways that you follow her on social media. Well, that sounds easy enough. I, I, I think I might be able to do that. <laughs> well, if you need help, let me know. I will. <laughs> well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Grow Me A Story? Visit www.growmeastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our Fertile Ground blog post, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for Episode 3 of our interview with Jesse Carraway. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone, and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published.